1: Hey there, Knicks fans, how you doing? It is your boy Jonathan Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. And I'm joined by not one, but two friendly, familiar faces who are not going to be friendly faces for long. No, no, no. Because we are going to engage in battle over the course of the next however many minutes this takes. Um, Andrew Claudio, Jeremy Cohen. Hello, sirs. How are you? Well,
2: Andrew, great. at the same time, Jeremy. Yeah, we're great, Sean. Totally. <laughs> Pause great. for you to answer. Hey, thank you, you so then- much, John. Yeah, yeah, totally. Talking over each other. Great radio, great pod, great podcast, mm-hmm. and great radio.
1: Totally, that was well done. <laughs> um, so, uh, we, if you're wondering why some of us are, or two of us, I guess, are wearing the same clothes as uh, the Evan Fournier uh, centric cap or no cap episode from. I don't know when this is airing but from a while ago. It's
2: because a week ago we recorded a pod and loved that pod so much that we're putting that's the right. same clothes back on in the same it. wardrobe. And mm-hmm. you know what? Next week we might do the same thing and put those same clothes back on. Oh. Yes.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um anyway. So yeah, it is still uh late July for us over here as we're recording this episode, but that's okay because we're doing something fun that um will certainly stand the test of time. And that is going through. How many years do we have to consider here? 23. 23. My God. It's 2023, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Where does the time go? Uh, Considering the best Nick wins of the 21st century. Now, we're going to be drafting the best Nick wins of the 21st century. Um, In snake snake order, we're going to be drafting seven wins each. Did I do the math correctly? Yes, I did the math correctly. Seven wins each. Um, and there are some criteria. Initially, we were just going to draft I don't know, five or six or seven picks each, but thought it might be more fun, more interesting if we came up with some more specific criteria, which are as follows. Each of the three of us needs to draft for there to be a complete team. Three playoff wins, two regular season wins that came during seasons in which the Knicks made the playoffs. And then here's the catch. Two regular season wins that came in seasons in which the Knicks did not make the playoffs, which means there are going to be lots and lots of dog shit available to, for the taking. Uh, which one of us will be able to avoid the most dog shit remains to be seen. Did I miss anything, Andrew? Nope. That's
2: everything. You want to explain okay. criteria of what were draft, like what defines biggest, what defines best?
1: I mean, I, I think this is beauties in the eye of the beholder. I mean, I'll just read the, the, the notes that you have written down here. So we're thinking about emotional reaction in the moment, uh, what the, mi- the win meant to that particular season. And I mean, I think we could say both of those things, but I think most people in judging this are going to really go with the third criteria here, which is how that win has aged or how the win is remembered today, which creates an inherent, I don't want to say fallacy of this exercise, but um, with the you could argue that the Knicks' best season of the 21st century just happened. As such, there are many very meaningful wins that happened in that season, which have not had the chance to age because it just happened a few months ago. So that's going to be an interesting. Um, dynamic as we draft and, you know, is there some thought to play to the crowd? I'm assuming we're going to put this up to a vote on Twitter, right? Okay. Uh, we'll see. All things to consider. But but that's, I think, those, that's, those are the criteria. Um, how are we determining draft order? What do you think? Oh, yeah. Uh, cards. Yes.
2: Literally how we determine every answer. order of all time. We're going to do a convoluted system that we go to called high card drive a deck of cards. Can I just age. say how excited
1: I am to do this exercise? This is I, this is a fun exercise, right? I, yeah, this should be good. I, I wasn't that excited until I, until we thought of the, the criteria. And now I'm a lot more excited. Well done. Alrighty. So you want to go age first? Sure.
2: All right. So John, your card is a eight of okay. hearts. Not I'll take terrible. It.
1: I'll take it. I'll All right. take it. Alright.
2: So then Jeremy your card with another shuffle is a seven of hobs. Oh, that so is close. unintentional, but it's so close, anyway. so close. Yet so Okay, far. so with my
1: you <laughs> <laughs> fucking nickel. the stakes are so low, and it's like all right, all
4: right yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, they're not low to me. Right. I win this. You ever do like a fantasy draft for no money? Is there anything worse than that? Okay.
2: This has stakes. People will vote on this. This is People going on, vote vote on the record. This. Yes, sure. Okay. My card is a oh, that's five. five. Mm. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I thought we had a six of hearts. No, no, no. My card is a five. But we got all hearts. We got the eight, got seven, and the five of hearts. <laughs> well, that that's word. appropriate. Okay, so John, you go first, uh, Jeremy, you go second, and I
4: go third. Perfect, it, because I wanted to go second, so this actually works out quite well, quite well for me.
1: It is appropriate that we start off, we, we start off with all hearts, because with the first pick oh, wow. in the best wins of the 21st century draft, <clears throat> I am going with my heart, and I am selecting... Um, in the category of best regular season uh, victories during a season in which the Knicks did not make the playoffs, a performance by a player that is near and dear to my heart. Um, a wonderful Nick, a wonderful, a wonderful, a wonderful human being. Uh, just like if if anybody out there thinks that this player is anything less than just exceptional in any way. Shame on you. Um, but I am going with just a guy who I can't really even say his name without tearing up because he means so very much to me. And that is Carmelo Anthony's. I hate you. I hate you. 60, hate you. 62 point game, uh, which came uh, against the mighty Charlotte Bobcats uh, on January 24th, 2014.
2: All right. We should stop the draft. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. <laughs> You that's kidding me? John gets the mellow sixty two point game.
4: I don't know what this you're is. Ludicrous. This is the way it went. Listen, if you ludicrous. wanted to, if you had won the draft in this case, you would have been able to say it.
1: Oh, I mean, I the, the, the reality it. is, this would have been my first pick, even if there were no criteria, and I could just pick any game of the bullshit. First sure. of all, this is great. This is a great pick because it's good strategy in the
2: sense that it's the best win in a non playoff year that's probably available. So. Is it? No, I didn't know that. I Just strategy-wise, I commend the pick, especially making it the first pick of the draft. Knowing your true thoughts about Carmelo Anthony, and I will take this back to the Mellow Hive and put it under consideration for the most ludicrous act of bullshit that has ever been committed in a Knicks podcast or Knicks content creation history. But I commend the pick and obviously echo your quote-unquote, sentiments about how magical this night was to watch an all-time great player become the all-time leading scorer in a single game in its history.
1: As as the president of the Carmelo Anthony Hive, I, you are now excommunicated from said Hive.
2: Yeah, and, okay, uh, buddy. Control the narrative. You know what that means? No. Okay, there you go. Don't I believe guys. Jeremy is up. I got him. I I got this. Don't worry.
4: Jeremy, you're up. So I'm going to go with a regular season win from a season in which the Knicks made the playoffs as well. Um, I'm going to uh, pick a performance by an unsung hero or really just him to explode for 43 points on 31 shots. This is someone who uh, Knicks traded for him, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh it didn't work out quite the way the Knicks wanted to, but it gave them a hell of a of a game. I'm talking about the Carmelo Anthony Easter game. Uh so I specifically moved this up on my depth chart for uh the laughs because Andrew seeing both of the, I'd say the top two regular season Carmelo Anthony performances gone before he has the opportunity to do anything. I'm being
2: is, tag team, ladies and gentlemen. It's just too.
4: you getting to crazy. see it
2: live on camera. Uh,
1: well, that implies that we discussed this and planned this out ahead of time, which, which we did. I, not. Could, I could. No, it's okay. Hey,
2: Vince McMahon came up with the strategy, but created a match at WrestleMania, and it's a two on one now. There you go mm-hmm so yeah i mean it was just. acts is taking out hulk hogan good, there you go or maybe i'm the rock in this stretch
4: well really game guys. i mean just thinking about the commentary where uh they're talking about should they foul or not and jeff van gundy is saying like oh no you know like they sh- they shouldn't foul and then they they uh, absolutely should have because melo just obliterates the bulls with a three so uh i'm gonna go with that game and, uh, Andrew, I'm sure there's another great Carmel Anthony performance that's out oh, there. there that oh, there are plenty. There are plenty. Oh, I know there are. I'm sure of it. But, um, yeah, it's just not that one, unfortunately.
1: For anybody just listening, I, have a, I the absolute shit eating is grinning all over my face right now. I, I can't wait I, to hear Andrew. I've picture. never
2: wanted for what you're actually to be eating to be shit more than this moment right now. <laughs> At least I'm muting okay. my mic. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Kevin Durant. Anyway. um, This was number one and number two on my board for obvious reasons. And this is now the second time I've done a draft with you guys where Carmelo Anthony was available because we did this in the third pick draft, too. And Melo didn't get back to me because I was stuck with the number one pick and had to take Michael Jordan. And then it came back to me and Jeremy took him the pick before. Mm -hmm.
4: I hate this. this is great about casting.
2: It's a great bit fine.
4: I'm also genuinely upset right now. Forget about what happened with the players drafted. This is kind of like the 2019 draft lottery, if you think about it, where like John is essentially (laughs) the Pelicans and I'm the Grizzlies and you're the Knicks. So uh, without further ado, um, I think the Knicks are up.
2: Yes.
4: (laughs) So because I have, that's actually fitting, Jeremy. I I wonder are you going to, I
2: thought about this. Okay. So the non-playoff year wins that's why John you have the best pick so far and I thought it was it was going to be my first pick because the mellow 62 point game happened in a non-playoff year and it's slim pickings to find good wins in non-playoff years I have other ones eligible and available I will start with RJ Barrett's buzzer beater against the Boston Celtics Um, in the moment it was one of our first highlights on playback so it's a big personal moment with Nick's film school Ah, uh, the Knicks overcame a 24-point deficit. You guys just did an Evan Fournier cap or no cap and a two-parter discussing what the Knicks will do with Evan Fournier. This is also the biggest game Evan of Evan Fournier as a Knicks. over 40 points, like nine threes in this game. Uh, if you ask the Celtics, it also sparked them to a title run because they went like 28 and seven or something like that, 28 11 after this game took place, and then went all the way to the NBA Finals. So, um. I'll, I'll start it with that. And for my money, it's if not the highlight of RJ Barrett's career, it's in the top three. Um, as far as individual game moments, it's probably a playoff game that I should go to, which I'm sure will come up throughout this episode. But, um, I think that's the, I think that's the best moment of his career moment. Yes. There is a game I go to that. It's like, we have an RJ Barrett playoff game to go to and say he was Largely responsible for why they were able to survive, which may come up later on in the pod. So, RJ's buzzer beater against Boston will be my first regular season choice. And then I'm just, I, I guess I'll take their best playoff win in my mind of the 21st century and go to game seven in Miami in the year 2000, Oof. in which they you got me back. You got me. They back. defeated the Miami Heat 84 to 83. I'm, I have no notes on this. This is what happened 84 to 83. Ewing with a dunk over Alonzo morning to give them the lead with 90 minutes, 90 oh, seconds left. And yet they were still able to dethrone the heat who a favorite in that game. We're up three, two in that series, uh, a big Clarence Weatherspoon shot. Good job, Pat Riley. That uh, was supposed to give the heat, the win a big offense, a big defensive rebound by Spreewell, who then calls timeout. And then after advancing, they advance the ball to half court childs gets the inbound throws it high sky high in the air. And the Knicks run off the court as time expires to once again, defeat the Miami heat. in what was the final iteration honestly of both of those teams, because the Knicks then went on to, to lose to the the Pacers and then trade Patrick Ewing. Uh, and then the heat lost in the first round the next year and then traded Alonzo morning. So um that to me, it's the last time the Knicks were in the conference finals. It's uh the first, it was the year after the 99 trip to the finals. So being able to put to bed some of the narrative that the only reason you won is because you were an eighth seed that got a, a cushioned path during a year where everybody was out of shape. And then to get back to the conference finals was very satisfying and gave the Knicks a 3-1 edge at the time in the playoff Matchups against the Miami Heat, which unfortunately is now a three-three tie. Uh, so yes, I will go with that as my first playoff pick and my second pick in this. That's a, I just want to say that's a great pick.
1: Thank. You. I think I think it was the. I think it is the correct first playoff win to be taken. Thank you. I I trade it to you right now for the Mellis <laughs> um, Talk to me later, uh, Jeremy. You're up.
3: <laughs>
4: Me well I would have uh, taken the RJ game winner so Andrew oh. you got that one so I would trade it all we're you all right even.
2: now for Mellow Easter Sunday
4: <laughs> no your suffering makes it actually more enjoyable I will no. go with a game that is very recent has not had a lot of time to age as John has mentioned but is still a game that was significant for me and a lot of other Knicks fans out there which is I'm going to go with game 5 of the Cavs Knicks series in 2023 and I don't even think that's the best game that the Knicks played considering especially how they lost Julius Randle for the second half of that game and the scoring was not exactly there in the fourth quarter it's more that that was the clincher that an entire series of dread of what happens if Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs beat the Knicks evaporated because the Knicks won their fourth game out of five tries. And so having that feeling, leaving the bar, that euphoria of the Knicks won a playoff series as the underdog, that meant more to me than, say, like holding the Cavs to 79 points in game three, even though that was a better game that the Knicks played. So I have to go with the emotions that came of it, and considering how the Knicks hadn't won a round since, what, the 2013 series, this uh, 2013 season, excuse me, um, this one is going to be the game for me.
2: Um, interesting. That is
1: interesting. And I, I'm i thankful you did that. It's fun. Because I was struggling because I knew with one of the, I, I now have two picks. I knew with one of these picks, I was going to be taking a playoff win. And even more specifically, I was going to be taking either game three or game five against the Cavs this mm. year. And you made the decision easy for me because you took one of those two. Um, I agree. I get all of your reasoning. I do want to add two things and why I think there was an argument for game three being the better of the two picks one. Um, it seems insane now, but following game two, and even if you want to go a step further and go back to game one, so they obviously win the they win game one in large part because of a, a Josh Hart three. That if that three doesn't go in, do they win that game? Who knows? And then they get their doors blown off in game two. And I, rem- my God, do I remember a lot of the conversation following game two, like it was yesterday. And oh my goodness, was the sky falling? So for them to then come out and win game three in blowout fashion, like they did. That's one part of it. The other part of it, and I think this is where, yes, it's recent, but how this has already aged even better than it did in the moment, hearing the Donovan Mitchell comments in, in the offseason about how, like, reflecting back on how the lights were so bright and how the atmosphere was crazy. And, like, you want to throw in the Jared Allen comments, too, about how they weren't ready. Like, to think about, it, it is it evokes... Um, I, I guess something that is not, uh, does not qualify for this, for this draft because it wasn't a win, but it kind of reminds me a lot of the talk following game one of the Hawk series, uh, three years ago about the atmosphere in the garden and like how special that was, except they didn't win that game and they won, they won game three and it was very special and it was crazy and the Cavs clearly were unnerved. So that's going to be one of my picks game three win versus, uh, the Cavs this year, Um, And I'll just add, and this may be giving away a little bit of strategy here, but I think playoff wins is, especially considering you need three of them, that's a really tricky category. Do you know how many they won this century? What's that? Do you know how many they've won this century? Playoff games won this century? Off the top of my head, is it, is it, it's less than 20.
3: Is it, I'm going to guess 14? Jeremy? I'm going to say 11.
4: Wait, this century. man. This century. Uh, no, it's got to be less than that. This century Raptors... includes the year 2000. Right. Oh. oh, In which
2: they won 10. Oh, they won nine right then there. Then I'll go with 18. Oh, wait.
1: Oh, hold on. No, it's I'm, I, I'm they, wrong. They've it's won, 25. 20. They've won 25. 25. They've won 25. 25. Okay. okay. Yes. Almost. Yeah, one I was just doing year. the math in my head and I was like almost. Well, like, well, exactly. Yeah. Great. Almost one for a year. Okay. Um, yeah, no, and that's a lot. But like, there's a lot of those that. Well, I don't want to get too far into it because we'll. we'll I, I think that those there are a lot of those that like for as much as a, a Nick playoff win should have obvious importance. I think there's a lot of those that as as time has gone by have not necessarily, you know, they just don't have the, that special feeling attached to them, um, which makes it tempting to draft another one of those playoff
3: wins now. <laughs> but I'm not
1: going to do it. Mm. I'm not going to do it because I don't have a regular season win yet from uh, a season in which they made the playoffs. And this is one where there are a lot more. I think there are a lot more really good regular season wins, especially because the We Here season and this season are so recent and there are a lot of really good wins from those two years. I gotta go with my heart for this one, and um, I gotta go with Lin'sanity on Valentine's Day. Knicks ninety, Toronto eighty-seven. Uh, Lynn hits a three-pointer at the buzzer. Um, it's it's the most excited I've been in the moment with an like a, as a, as a buzzer sounds for a Knicks win. I think this century, so it would be disingenuous of me not to uh, take that. So I'll go with that. So I have no idea if this is an important clarification or not,
2: but I want to make it clear. There was time left on the clock after. Yes, I
1: know there was time left on the clock. There was like a second left on the clock before. That That's why
2: it won the game. I actually consider it a buzzer beater as far as I knew. As far as I know, the Raptors inbounded the ball and just like held it and be like, you know, we're just going to run it out because that was amazing. Like, we're okay if this is the last play of the game.
1: Um, but We knew that they were not dying in the game. That's.
2: Anybody who watched it knew. There were forces at work in the basketball world at the time that we all knew they were not tying the game. So I agree.
1: Um, As I've said many times, that is the moment that got me to believe uh, that magic was real. So yeah, sanity. Jeremy, you're up. Jeremy Cohen, not Jeremy
4: Lynn. Thank you for the (laughs) clarification. I had another important clarification. Yes. Yes. So I actually, let me take a step back. I think the thing with game three, with the, playoff series against the Cavs was that yes, it was an exclamation point but if memory serves one of the prevailing thoughts was, man, the Cavs are going to come out for game four because they were just held to 79 points and they're going to be red hot and it was this still this feeling of like that was great but there's still some concern over what happens next. This game goes back to Cleveland. If it's tied 2-2, they have home court advantage. That's why I thought the finality of game five series is over. onto the next one. That's what resonated for me. That being said, I am going to pick a playoff game because of the scarcity of them. And I'm going to go with game two of the 2021 series, Hawks-Knicks. Okay. And the reason for that being, it was uh, in between 2023 and 2013, the only playoff win that the Knicks have had, it was during COVID with fans not really able to be in the stands for a large part of the season. And then I was there for game one. It was incredibly loud. I would imagine that game two was similarly loud, especially with Ali oop to Toppin. I think that was his great feeling all around. So that one, especially seeing so many fans being able to celebrate outside of the garden. I don't really care if fans are made fun of the whole point of basketball entertainment. Love it. Go for it. So with that said, that one has to hold a place near and dear to my heart because it was part of the, we Here season. And, uh, it was just a very large game to win over an eight year period of time.
2: So far, four of the five playoff words that I wrote down on my, the top five, I should say, playoff ones that I wrote down have been taken. So, um, yeah, the, I, I I don't disagree with this. This is one of those, Jeremy. Um, Mm -hmm. Specifically, the Aleut to top end it was a comeback win as well. um the in the moment reaction was also because I thought they they blew not blew game one, but I thought that was like, man, you could have you could have been up two oh yeah, yeah, I remember the yeah. sentiment in the post game being like, ah oh, they now we got a series, and we could be up a commanding two oh and then they went to Atlanta and we saw how, how quickly that house of cards fell. <laughs> so, um, Okay, so I'm going to go with a regular season win. Thank you, John, for taking the Valentine's Day buzzer beater. Um, I also agree that that probably is the more exhilarating win. The As far as how the game ended, uh, it's not the movie that was the movie. It's it <laughs> a Freudian split because I'm going to pick the one they made a movie about. I knew um, you were going
1: this way when you started talking about it.
2: I... The the one that they that was actually from start to finish an experience like from the first couple minutes of the game before the first timeout was thirty eight at the Garden Jeremy Lin in twenty twelve against this was it twenty twelve yeah it was February twenty twelve against the Los Angeles Lakers the first three games of Linsanity were cute it was against the Jazz and the Nets and some other team I think it was against Cleveland was the other team so it was like yeah he's beating up on on some on some decent teams, but with decent point guards, but now he's got Kobe Bryant coming into the building. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. And it was on prime time. And this was, cause I was away at college the first time that everybody that didn't have my league Pat subscription actually was like, let's like go see what Claudia won't shut up about this Jeremy Lin guy. Let's all get together and watch on national television. Uh, this Jeremy Lin game against Kobe and 38 points and a Knicks win later. And he was international news. So I'll go Jeremy Lin on that that Friday night uh, in 2012 against Kobe Bryant. And the Lakers is my first pick. And then. Hmm. So it's funny. You guys went game five and game three for the Cavs. Oh, well, shit. And I got to be honest. Game four is still my favorite game of that series, so Game four is actually where I'm going with my pick because that's when I knew the series was over. Like Jeremy, you're right; the actual clincher and the finality of them doing it on the road was great. John, the experience of holding the Cavs under 80 for the first time this season, being the only team to hold a team under 80 points for the first—excuse me—beating the Cavs by 20 points for the first time this season, and being the only team to hold an opponent under 80 points for the first time all season was unreal. So game three and just recognizing, Oh, these kids are shook. Like they have no chance in game four and music to Jonathan Macre's ears. I thought it was the best coach game of Tibbs' tenure with the Knicks that fourth quarter where he wrote out the lineup that we saw, we saw Obi play an entire fourth quarter because Julius didn't have it. Um, the, the way that they stuck with the game plan of, of the, Emmanuel quickly, Jalen Brunson, pick and rolls, which then led to Josh Hart rebounds and Obi Toppin rebounds. And yeah, I that fourth quarter was exhilarating. So I will go with game four because afterwards, and this is the beauty of having Mike Breen on your broadcast, He the commanding 3-1 lead is the most exhilarating I've felt during this season, let alone during that playoff run. So I'll go game four. We've got three games represented so far on the draft.
3: Damn. That's
2: okay. It's a good one. It's that is a like, good one. Uh, game 1 might get taken and like the Josh Hart shot, I remember our us going back and forth about it. Probably would get nominated for biggest shots. I agree with you. There was such a reset after game 2 that all of us I think collectively were like, wait, did, does game 1 even matter, you know? Like in the grand scheme of things it does because it helps them win the series, but the reset that happened after they got their their teeth kicked in in game made me wonder, okay, are we headed for another repeat of Atlanta and then games three, four and five, just it escalated from then on. So that's why I had to pick game four. Uh,
1: That's fair logic.
4: I'm choosing between a few different things to try to get. I think given the scarcity of the lack of uh, playoff wins and good playoff wins, I'm actually going to fill out the rest of my playoff win here. And, you know, looking, thinking about some of these wins, what would qualify as towards the top and what wouldn't, you know, 2000, I wasn't watching basketball so it's very obvious that there could be a 2000 pick that i just don't have uh, an oversight over i think as good as maybe one of the heat games especially game five was i was very ill during that game and was supposed to be there so i don't want to pick that one so instead i'm actually going to go with 2012 when the knicks beat the heat to win their first playoff game since 2001 right was it uh john you're still on mute 2002, 2002, 2002, Thank I, you.
1: I was shouting at nothing. I did not think much like the Knicks that night, shouting and at nothing because I, I did not think that was going to get drafted. Dude,
2: That's okay. Here's my only pushback to it, Jeremy. Because I, I agree. Like if you're gonna pick, it's honestly for me the only candidate for a mellow playoff game that mm-hmm. for this draft. Whereas when we do biggest losses of the 21st century, there's absolutely a mellow game on there that I would consider, but. The only pushback is so much got made of the confetti of it all. And the Knicks being made a laughingstock that while in the moment I was like, oh my gosh, Melo just outdueled the Miami big three. This is, Mm -hmm. this is awesome. Before even seeing the Twitter jokes come in, I saw seeing the confetti fall. I was like, oh, we're doing this for one playoff win. That's, that's not great. But I co-signed the significance of the of being the first Knicks win in the playoffs since 2002, though.
4: So I didn't start watching basketball until the 2002-2003 2000, season. Mm-hmm. So uh, oh. let me ask you how many games would I have seen the Knicks win in the playoffs? Uh, if I didn't start watching basketball until two thousand two thousand three 2003 season by that point, zero, zero. Ah, okay. So it stands to reason that as a younger fan, seeing my first Knicks That's... playoff game as a win would be exciting. Uh, confetti or not like was the confetti tacky in the moment of course it was but twitter also really wasn't much of a thing at that point where it was like cool this doesn't have to be spoken about it doesn't have to be laughed at because i just can go about the rest of my day um <laughs> if it happened now it'd be a different story but it isn't happening now it happened then so that was a core memory for me in terms of i didn't get to see the uh era that you guys were a witness to so it felt like the start of a new era and especially when you're on the younger side maybe you're thinking hey the Sure, this can go to this and that and that, and you're you're a little bit more of a dreamer. So in that sense, it was a very impactful win for me. And I would imagine for those who are voting, if you are on the older side, (laughs) it doesn't matter to you, right? But if you're on the younger side, and especially if you are of the age where the Carmelo Anthony uh, era really brought you into basketball, I believe that you will empathize with where I am coming from.
2: Again, uh, this would be the mellow playoff game I'd go to. I don't, sure. I don't push back on the impact, especially from your perspective of the age. It's, I like you said, there's perspectives involved here that I think would be why it's different for for John and I. Which is,
4: yeah, I don't think it, on paper it's, it's the fun it's of the draft, you next know. one. But yeah, I took it. Could have, could I have taken it later? Maybe, but that's okay. Um, hold on, I'm just
2: okay. pulling up the box score. So that was eighty-seven, eighty-nine Knicks win. LeBron had 27 on 21 shots. Wade had 22. Carmelo Anthony had 41 points and only uh, made four threes, only took four threes. That was Amari two, day, two games after the fire hydrant, too. And mm-hmm. he got 20 and 10. So, yeah, I remember in the game being like, oh, this is awesome. And then it was literally just the confetti that made me like cringe. But I, I co signed the in the moment reaction, which is part of the criteria, which is cool so so I have two picks right now
3: and I know
1: I know I know what mm, I know what categories these two picks are going to be in and frankly the fact that you guys just keep taking playoff games and there's now I have two playoff games left to pick and Andrew you have one playoff game left to pick and Jeremy you've taken all the playoff games kind of makes... By choice here, I think a little bit easier. So just zooming out for a second, like I don't know, maybe you guys will come up with some stuff that I didn't think of. I really went down the rabbit hole in terms of wins that came during non-playoff seasons, and there are like cute wins. There are wins that like, oh yeah, I remember that. That was funny. It was it was cool in the moment, but like looking back now, it's almost like. Um, it, it's it, it's it's like laughable, like that that they were so big at the moment because the team stunk, and they would, and we knew that the team stunk, and and we maybe were kidding ourselves for a minute or two that the team didn't stink, but we they really stunk. So I'm wondering that, but yet I think there are some that are the cream of that crop. Um, and I'm wondering to myself, do I want to grab? One of those now, especially one that I think will resonate um, with
3: with some people. Uh,
1: and then, of course, I do still need two playoff wins. So let me go. Let me go the easier route. I'm going to go with the with. Uh, I, I can't believe every other win in the series has been taken. I'm going to take game <laughs> one against <the> Cavs. <laughs> I love it <laughs> because. I do remember the Josh Hart shot. And maybe it was because of my circumstances. Like, Jeremy, you just talked about a game that you were sick for. It, it alters how you think of it. All I can think of for game one against the Cavs is like I was doing. We, we, um, we hosted a couple other uh, families in our building to come up and watch. Like, we, we mentioned it. Oh, yeah, the next play, playing, you guys should come up. Not thinking that anybody would come. Well, everybody showed up and so they got to see me in like full form and uh when that shot went down holy good god did i just like absolutely lose my shit and uh it was a great win and you know pat riley said a playoff uh series doesn't start until the road team wins a game well didn't take long for the road team to to win a game and uh i think that is why um that is going to be my choice for my second playoff victory and
3: after that,
1: I'm going to take my second regular season win that occurred during a year in which the Knicks did not make the playoffs. Uh, do I go with my head or do I go with my heart here? What do you guys? Th- what do you think, Andrew? Head or heart? Heart. You
3: literally just picked the Josh I mean, Hive game, so, and I just what? picked
1: a game with my heart with the Heat beating the Heat. I'm not going to tell you guys which I'm picking. I'm taking um, a game from late, not this past season, from the season before that, uh, March 25th, 2022, a game in which I was not on the post game. One Andrew J. Claudio was on the post game. A victory over the Miami Heat, 111 103, in which the um, vaunted Heat, who would eventually go on to get the one seed and nearly make the NBA Finals, um, Actually, wait, no, sorry, I'm I'm, mixed, I'm mixing up my years, right? Yeah, I'm mixing up my years. Yeah, that, that but
2: it was they a were good one. And they were potentially this. No, no, I'm mixing. I, I'm
1: no, I'm
2: not almost, mixing up my years. Yeah, they I, didn't I, I go, it, right? did go on to the
1: NBA finals. They did almost they go on, to the, yes, almost yes, on almost to the NBA finals. Almost, yes, almost go on finals. to the NBA. I was, I, I, I was getting that Heat team confused with the Heat team from the previous year when they got eliminated uh, unceremoniously in the in the first round. Uh, by the Bucs. No, this was a Heat team that would go on to be the number one seed and nearly make the NBA Finals. And the Knicks beat them behind a bunch of kids that uh, didn't know that they were supposed to come back and they weren't supposed to come back and win that game, but they did. And you could make the argument that what happened that night maybe set some things in motion for what we saw this year. Um, And uh, it was a great win. It was a thrilling win. It was certainly the best win of that year. And uh, it gave people a lot of hope and encouragement for what lied ahead. So that is going to be my second
4: uh, pick Jeremy, well, first a, first of all, Sorry. you just you very clearly went with your heart and not your head. But secondly, did you just say that that win was more important than the R.J. Barrett buzzer beater? Oh, yeah. I think it was more important. I do too, by the way. A thousand percent. I, I mean, R.J. Again, buzzer beater was... If you're saying best heart... Best if, but Andrew, if you're saying that that more for the heart, but then talking about playback and the impact of R.J. buzzer beater being down by like 25 points and all that, I don't know. Well, importance
2: is different. Like, I got, sure. Like, I'll be I'll be self aware about all these mellow games that didn't matter. You know, like I'll like that mellow Easter Sunday while I was, in the moment thinking, oh, so this is what a Carmelo Anthony led team could lead to, and I think I was validated by the twelve thirteen season. Um, the sixty two point game was against the Bodcaps in a season that they that amounted to nothing. I thought, I mean, where I was going with my response, Jeremy was. Not only did it give us hope for a thing, think things to come when you started playing all these kids more minutes than some of the veterans we were leading, I thought it was also validation for some of us that were yelling for the kids to play more throughout the season, specifically one Emmanuel quickly, um, which is what my reaction was on the post
4: game that night, Jonathan Mackery. <laughs> Great post game, way. Yes. Yeah, you don't have to sell me on, on why that game was impactful. I just don't yeah. think it was as impactful as the RJ Buzzer Beaters all.
1: Hold on. Impactful versus... The, in the we're moment, talking about- the RJ buzzer beater was wild. Right. It was a crazy shot. It was a great win over a team that, at the time, we were neck and neck with competing to try to make the playoffs. So, But long-term comes, impact.
4: Yes. Well, this comes down to a fundamental understanding of best, right? This is like the most sure. valuable player. Are you yeah. saying that that player is the most valuable to their team? Or are you saying that that is the best player in the league? Was this one of the best wins or do you see this as a win that uh, over time was something that is showing itself? It sounds like you're saying more for some of these, it was kind of the impact over time. And sure. I'm going that more, is what more I'm saying. in that moment. If we could go back and live there, how, how does that moment still stack up? Mm. We'll see what the voters think. But I think, you're
2: okay. up. I think to Jeremy, sure. to both of your points, like, There's value to both. So whereas there's two games from this past season that I'm going that I have for like my two biggest or most memorable wins, and they're almost the exact same scenarios as this was an experience to watch from start to finish that included multiple minutes during the fourth quarter and maybe extra periods that I enjoyed. And then there was a specific moment at the end of another game that I'm like, oh, that was I would love to relive that moment again. So I think sure. they're, they're, there's value to both, which is why I think the conversation around importance makes it fascinating, you know? And it's it's up to interpretation.
4: Sounds good. I'm curious well, where you go with your pick. Let's stay at South Beach, shall we? Let's do it. Because there is a regular season win during a season that the Knicks made the playoffs yeah. that was uh Pretty awesome. And that had to do with one Julius Randle scoring 43 points and hitting a buzzer beater off a broken play with 1.7 seconds remaining and then knocking over his head coach uh, and then the Knicks finding a way to defend what was a scary uh, last 1.7 second uh, attempt. And then the Knicks prevailed, uh, winning 122 to 120. I am, of course, talking about the Julius Randle buzzer beater uh, from, what, March 3rd, 2023. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be my choice. It was, I think, one of two incredible regular season games that... This past season. I mean, there were several fantastic ones, but there was a second one, which I'm out of picks in terms of regular season wins during seasons where the Knicks made the playoffs. So I can just say uh, coming in second would have been the Emmanuel quickly uh, game of his life in uh, Boston. But I'm going to take this one over. That one's as exciting as that one was. And just always, always nice to beat the Heat, always nice to win on a buzzer beater. I hate I, Celtics, as you know, <laughs> but this one felt sweeter, given how insane Julius Randall was that night. Just unconscious. And I was screaming in my living room. <laughs>
1: um, I did. A, I wrote something after the season ended, after the playoffs ended, actually. For the top 10 most... I forget what word I used. I may have used the word meaningful. Um, Meaningful, memorable, something along those lines. Games of the season. Uh, like the one basically my criteria was when we're thinking back to this year this season 10 20 30 years from now god willing we're all able to still have memory by that point um what are the games that are going to stand out the most i think i had that one as the second or third ranked win on the, it's it's absolutely up there the re- the interesting thing about this season is there were so many wins you know where you were like, oh, that's the best win of the season. No, oh, that's the best win of the season. That's definitely one of them. Um, but there's a lot of competition, which is what makes selecting something from this year tricky. Because on one hand, you feel like you you should because it's recent and they're all good. But on the other hand, it's like how do you differentiate? But that's that's a good one. That's a good. Cool well,
4: one. keep in mind too. I mean, the Knicks had not lost a game at that by that point with Josh Hart in the lineup. That's so. Right. Yeah, there was. I mean, they had already they beat Utah, they beat Brooklyn, Atlanta, Washington, New Orleans, Boston, Brooklyn again. This was a seven game win streak on the line. Yep. Uh, no, you're. You, you know, you're right. You're absolutely right. But the but with quickly, I mean, they had still won ten in a row by that point, so it's not like that wasn't important. But this one just Friday night Knicks. Gotta love it.
2: I think the and it'll lead into my next pick. Um. The reason I was going back and forth between these two games uh, and it's the debate I have with a lot of my film friends. I think, John, you and I have even talked about this of like Endgame versus Infinity War. Like, what do you prefer? Like, what's the better movie? What do you rank higher? And while I think Infinity War from start to finish is a better movie, the moments in Endgame trump anything I'll ever experience in Infinity War. I understand Thor. I love this cop. Well, so just like greatness is either measured in the experience top to bottom or it's measured by the peak of the the moment. So then you go to the entire fourth quarter, first overtime, second overtime of quickly, which felt like a national TV coming out party for a guy that a lot of people in this fan base have believed in against a bitter rival. And then you have the Heat game, which was honestly... A uh, snatching victory from the jaws of defeat <laughs> type of moment from Randall. And I would rank the Randall moment above anything that happened in the quickly game, whereas I had to sweat out that entire fourth quarter on playback while the Heat were fiercely coming oh back. So I don't know if I want to relive the game, but reliving the moment is a higher feeling of euphoria than anything I so like it's why the debate to me is always fascinating. Do you measure greatness in moments and the peak of that moment or Measure greatness in the quality of
1: a, for, of an overarching experience, you know for what it's worth, the quickly game was was the game I ranked number one on that number on one my list that I wrote so wait this is your is, is this your pick not
2: officially no, I'm just because <laughs> you both are out of play games and you both are out of wins directly. I'm not out of it I'm not out of games oh, right because you took the fourth quarter comeback against so you're you can have it honestly because then you the first one I have to pick is a game in a non-playoff uh, series. I'm, win. I'm fascinated to see where you, where you go. So let's, let's talk about history. So the Los Angeles Lakers have had a long history of uh, victories <laughs> in their history. Um, and in the early 2000s, they, in three straight years, 2000, 2001, 2002, won the championship. And going for four straight, which hadn't been done since the Boston Celtics in the 60s, uh, the Lakers um, were trying to... to, uh, Kobe and Shaq were at the peak of their feuding. Kobe was upset that Shaq was showing up out of shape, then playing himself into shape throughout the season. Kobe O'Brien was ascending at this point in his career. And in fact, during a point during the 2002-2003 season had, let's count them out, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine straight games in which he had 40 points or more in the game. A couple 50-point games in there. The sixth of those games, for fortunately for the Lakers, was a loss to the New York Knicks in which Allen Houston had a career-high 53 points on 29 shots. Shot 13 of 15 from the free throw line that night. And in that game, could have had... Another two points because those two free throws that he missed were in crunch time. So he already had two points. I remember watching this game live and scoring the game. I was I was one of those nerds that used to score games in like scorebooks. Of course. You and were. that 20 point second quarter followed by that. Se- no, that 17 point second quarter followed by that 20 point third quarter matching Kobe Bryant point for point. One of the more underrated players in Knicks history, Alan Houston, that would have fit so perfectly into today's game. Guy took five three-pointers to get 53 points this night. Imagine if some of the long twos or long mid-range shots that he was taking in this game were all threes. I think we'd we'd appreciate him and look at him even better uh, to today's game. So this will be the second non-playoff year regular season game, regular season win. That I'll go to the Allen Houston fifty three point game. Okay, you have another pick. I do, I do. You I <laughs> know, if you guys I also remember, no, this, I mean, wanted I, to talk about I,
1: it. I'm gonna, I'll save. I have a few honorable mentions that I'll, I, I know we're already running long on time. A few quick honorable mentions that I'll mention for regular season wins and seasons where they did not make the playoffs. I will just say that I went aside from the Mellow game, which I will obviously be my first pick. I went in a completely different direction in terms of. The rest of the games that I wrote down, not in the direction of like great individual Nick performances and wins that came during years that they didn't make the playoffs. But Interesting. Um, with one with one possible exception. Anyway, uh, your second pick. So I'm also going to take a. I, it's funny how impactful
2: this most recent season is going to end up being. Um, there's only one other candidate I see, and I'm going to let John have it if he wants. As far as Nick's most impactful wins of the 21st century, I I have thoughts about the 2012 13 run that we'll talk about during honorable mentions I don't have a specific win that I go back to and be like oh let me go relive that interesting I just interesting. I don't they fended it off they 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 avoided history in how they uh, beat the Celtics for me Oh you're talking and, playoffs Yeah they oh, in, okay. the, in the playoffs oh, yeah, yeah. as far as that's concerned I just I, there's a bitter there's la- there's a lack of euphoria that I feel for any of those playoffs wins Game 2 against I, the Pacers I, was great I was I still that's so correct- annoyed with Emotion. game one, you know, yeah, uh, there is a game in which uh, they just happened, and granted, this is very much a personal experience. Um, so, game five against the Heat, fuck, I was hoping it was fell hoping. Okay. on one Jonathan Macri's fortieth birthday, and oh, if I can get really personal on this, that my wife and I were also dealing with some stuff in our personal lives regarding her father that. We needed a pick me up. As a result, that entire week was a mix of emotions. Having said that, I knew I wanted to do something special for your birthday. I had Oz and Yash ready to jump on the post game, had they won. Yeah. The actual outcome of the game, it being like Jalen Brunson playing 48 minutes, Quentin Grimes playing 48 minutes, uh, doing his own Willis Reed type of performance by getting hobbled by a BAM at a bio illegal screen and then still being able to play defense and steal the ball from Jimmy Butler and pick his pocket um, Mitchell Robinson hitting huge free throws down the stretch yep. when when uh, Spo went to a Hackamic uh mm. and the the way that game started that first quarter where we all thought they were going out sad and then Spo going to a lineup without Jimmy and Bam and them going on an 18-2 run led by Obi Toppin where I thought we were going to see um OB play like 30 minutes that night because of how bad Randall looked in the first quarter. Also knowing in hindsight that that second quarter led by the OB Toppin lineup happened two days after he yelled at his head coach in the locker room in Miami. uh, You know, it, it makes you wonder how much those spats actually matter in the moment. I will go with that game because of how much of a distraction basketball became for me during that week. Um being able to do something nice for my friend after the game and then just the euphoria of the win that it created. Um, yeah, I'll go game five against it, Miami. It was a
1: great, great game until you just mentioned it. I was gonna I was gonna take it. full disclosure, until you just mentioned it, I completely forgot that the game
2: took place on my birthday. <laughs> oh, that was on totally, your birthday? Yeah.
1: Completely and totally forgot. Uh, that that was the case well, uh, behind
2: the scenes. You were very clear. Don't mention my birthday on the pod. Like for, I think I just wiped. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think I just wiped the existence of my 40th birthday from my memory. The other thing you didn't mention: Jaylen Brunson scored 38 fucking points in the game. Yeah. Well, it was only
2: only uh, surpassed by the forty points in Exa- Game well, Six,
1: you know. Yeah, and but that was so for, it was big for all the reasons you mentioned, and it was also big because after that game was over, it was like we. I mean, if there was any ever any doubt at this point, which there should have been, we have one of those guys. So um, that's a That's a great pick by you there. I'm, I'm I'm genuinely upset that I couldn't I couldn't get this one.
4: Jeremy, you're up. Sure. Well, I am left with the Knicks wins in seasons they did not make the playoffs, which uh, there are a lot of them. There are a lot of those to go around. So it's hard to narrow down exactly where I want to be, but I want to go back to a date. It was a simpler time. Uh, It doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it feels like a whole lifetime ago at the same time. I want to take us back to, let's see, what was the exact date here? It was. I can't wait to see
1: if this is on my list. I have five games written down. March, Excuse me, four games left written down.
4: March second, twenty twenty. Not on my list. Wow. Okay. And that game was I know what the you're <laughs> Rockets versus the Knicks. <laughs> it's the first game of Leon. Yeah. It was Leon Rose's first game. He had been announced as the new president of basketball operations. And the Knicks were taking on the Rockets, who had a six-game winning streak. Uh, They had made an acquisition at the deadline to improve as a team. And they were in fourth place. And things seemed to be trending in the right direction for them. And R.J. Barrett, behind his 27 points on, I want to say, 10 of 18 shooting, yes, said, you know... What if we won this game instead? What if yeah. what if you didn't win this, Houston? Harden had 35. Uh, only made eight shots and 22 attempts, interestingly enough. But 16 to 60 from the line. What's new? But the Knicks winning that game, it really started to feel like a new chapter, so to speak, with, hey, there's a new president on board. Uh, he's got all these connections to CAA. Curious to see how it goes about this. But the Knicks won. Right. And this was a team that was, my God, 18 and 42 entering the night. So, yes, there are a lot of those trivial wins that in hindsight don't feel like much. But the Rockets came in with some momentum and this was a trap game for them. And the Knicks did everything in their power to make it so that they won, uh, that New York would would win that game. And it was a blast. The thing that brought the mood down, of course, was the whole Spike Lee uh, gate incident. That was a, a spike gate, I guess we could call it. Oh my gate God, gate, I forgot about gate that. Gate gate. Yeah, we call it gate, gate gate. And that was frustrating to deal with afterwards. But in that one moment, it was nice with the season where so much was going wrong that things finally started to turn around. And then a week and a half later, life turned upside down.
2: I'm so glad you picked this game. I'm so glad you picked this it's game. Okay. No, oh, it's you're a, sa- are you so saying that it's like, as a Knicks fan or like... Yeah, this it's is strict, I think strategic. one of the lost moments to thank you. Like, because like there's some I think we've gotten most of the and John I'm sure you have a longer list of more obscure but, wins in but playoff like,
1: seasons of a very different variety. Like this, I this was to me much in the same vein of the mm-hmm. win that I picked from last se- from the season before this mm-hmm. past one. Yeah,
2: I just you, I'm glad you brought up the fact that the Rockets had gone to this no center or nobody above six, seven lineup. Mm-hmm. And it had one six straight. And everyone in Houston was like, it's validated. And then here come the Knicks with all of their power forwards that they acquired instead of Katie and Kyrie. And they're able to beat the Rockets with big bully ball. You know, Um, this was like first game with Leon in the building. I remember him hugging uh, uh What's his name now? No longer the, the, Nick's team manager. Scott, Steve, Perry. Steve, Scott, Scott, Scott Perry so you've got Perry him hugging yeah. Scott Perry uh when they when r j hit the the layup in crunch time and that was the funny part about it is it wasn't a shot to give the Knicks the lead or to extend the Knicks lead it was a layup because the Rockets had nobody above mm-hmm. six seven to protect the yeah. rim in this game but it was just a double down by Houston into the the Five out, pace and space, all shooters line up, and this showed the flaws in that. So, yeah, I,
4: except ex- for Russ, who bricked a shot from mid range mm-hmm. to uh, lose the game. Who was guarding him? Who was guarding him? Frank <laughs> Nilakina <laughs> I remember <laughs> that possession. One oh of his God. final moments.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh my lord! Yes, because it was the RJ game, but it was also the Frank game because he had that mm-hmm. moment. Got Frank um, played thirty minutes in this game, at eleven points on five and ten. Yes, last last best game of his career. Mm-hmm. Um. Not that there's that many to pick from. Okay, uh, that's a good pick. Uh, I'm a. I have two picks left: a regular season win in a season in which they made the playoffs, and a playoff win. I can't wait to go through. I can't wait to go through a bunch of regular season wins after we're done. Um, there are so many good regular season wins that came in seasons that they made the playoffs that are just not going to get taken. I completely disagree with you, Andrew. I'm actually flabbergasted that you don't have let me just make sure you don't have a win a regular season win from the 2012-13 season right and i have
2: i don't i didn't pick one but i didn't i don't have one from the playoffs as no I'm, I'm talking about, about the regular season there's well, I, I have like a whole list of regular oh, I, okay two, yeah but I, I know i'm gonna be able to get one of them because what i value from that season is different than what you value from that season so well
1: i don't but like
3: Hold on here. I have two wins from this season. Okay.
1: So now I'm thinking now I may and I have my quickly game. I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm going to leave the quickly game from this season on the table. I'm not going to take it. I I can take it if I want to. So go ahead. You can take it if you want to. I'm going to leave it for you to take because I this is okay. This one I am going with my heart. I'm going with the season opener from Mm. 2012-13, and you want to. I don't know that I have a more personal story connected to certainly a regular season game than this one. And ironically, I didn't watch a minute of it because I spent the entire game listening on the radio in a gas line waiting to get gas because that was right after Sandy and. Nobody could get gas, so I found a gas station in Long Island that allegedly had gas, and sure enough, they did, and I listened to that entire game. Final score was 104-84, and there was a lot of excitement before that 2012-13 season, and to come out and whoop, absolutely whoop uh, the defending champs uh, behind a barrage of of Steve Novak three-pointers and kind of set that season. That win was so meaningful to me. It really set that season on its course. They started, I think they won the first, what, six straight? Uh, they're they're the last undefeated team in the league, and um, there are uh, several other wins from that season that are also contenders. But that's the one that will always, one of two that will always stick out to me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. So that's one. Were you? Now I have a quick question. Quick question. How? Because you, I don't know if you've
2: talked a lot about like you grew up in in Staten Island and obviously had family there. How affected were you and your people during Sandy?
1: Not that much. I mean, our lights went out like, but we weren't, we were not, nobody with me was like that affected. But like, um, I know there were parts of Staten Island that were affected by Sandy. The funny thing, the the funny thing about that that night is the gas station was actually the closest gas station in distance to where my now wife lives. We worked together at the time, but like we didn't We never hung out. We like, and and that's where I ended up getting gas and listen to the listen to that game. Uh, by the end of that season, we would be watching games together, uh, as it were. Um,
2: so one other note about that game wasn't scheduled to be the season opener, but got became the season opener because Knicks Nets first game in Brooklyn was rescheduled. Oh, I that was supposed to be the season opener, and it was going to be the first. Game in Barclays and the first game of the Brooklyn Nets, and it got rescheduled because of what was going on with Hurricane Sandy. So, yep. good pick.
1: Thank you.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: For the playoff win, I'm going to stick with the 2012-13 season. Andrew, I thought everything you said about why the playoff wins from that season Um, even though there were six of them, none of them were particularly meaningful at the same time. Team hadn't won a playoff series since the year 2000 and they won a playoff series that year. So I'm going to take game six versus Boston. Um, As I just referenced by the end of that season, I had met my wife. Uh, I mean, we already known each other from work, but like we were together, we were watching Nick games together by that point, religiously, um, and we had an Applebee's in Long Island by the Roosevelt Field Mall that we would go to and watch uh, these games at and uh, we watched that win there and I just remember going into that game being like oh my god the Knicks are going to be the first basketball team to blow a three-zero lead and they didn't because they won that game so uh, yeah game six versus Boston that will be my last pick of the draft what a small freaking world I was at that Applebee's last week
2: you're shitting me yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, are you we, talking about the one that's like closer to Miniola than it is Roosevelt Field, the one right next to Roosevelt Field Mall?
1: It's in the same parking lot as like, oh my god, there was like a PGA store there. There was a movie theater that's now closed, an AMC that was like di- that was diagonal. Uh, there was a there's a Target that's still there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, there it's near there. We we went to see Wish and Impossible. We went to okay. Applebee's afterward. Sh- so shout
1: out to that Applebee's and shout out to the Moonlight Pub in. Oh my God. I want to see it's on Jericho turnpike, maybe something else, but that's where we, that's where we started watching games that season. And then we ended up watching games of that Applebee's two very different places.
4: Anyway, uh, Jeremy Cohen, the floor is yours. Man, my long Island knowledge is, is, woke. yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, you guys take a train around Conkoma, like
2: uh, (laughs) exactly. Yes. We go out the green, green, uh, Greenport uh, all the mm-hmm. time and check out the lighthouses. Indeed, yes. Perfect. Whether it be Stony Brook or Patchogue, or whether we stay on the North Shore in Huntington or Port Jeff, <laughs> or we go to the South Shore and you know research the Long Island serial killer.
4: There you go. Took a, yeah, I took a turn, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We got him. Okay, uh, I it's time for my final pick, and I'm yep. going with uh, another one which involves the Knicks not making the playoffs that season. And so I'm going to go with one that is uh, less recent than the one I picked, but still fairly recent. And that would involve the Knicks playing a team that wasn't very good. But whenever this team and their star come to the garden, it's always exciting. And it's especially exciting when the Knicks are 13 and 56 entering this game and decide we're going to win because this is hilarious, and we're going to laugh at you, and we're going to point and laugh at you. I have, of course, talking about the Knicks, 124, the Lakers, 123, the Mario Hisonia. Oh, my God. God. I love you so
1: well. I can't believe this. I, I, I wiped this from my memory. I love that well, this
2: is on the, on the draft. I love this. They created this the gift fucking of Hizonia pointing at LeBron after yeah. he got blocked.
4: The funniest Wild. part of this game might not even be the Hazonia part. It might be Emmanuel Moudier had 28 points on 11 shots. <laughs> like, that was the, oh man, like, Moudier get right type of game where it's like, I mean, it's not going to happen. Like, it's, you know, it's Fist down and everything. But no, but there
1: like, were like four Moutier games in his time right. as a Nick. That was one. That happened to
4: be one of them. And the, just the image of Zonia laughing at LeBron on the ground, pointing it's at him. Unbelievable. It's just too good. It's just, even mm. if it was like, oh, wow, well, your team is like 14 and 56 now. It's like, yeah, well, the Lakers are 31 and 39 as LeBron takes his sabbatical. So seeing that, especially when the Lakers were up by double digits with less than five minutes ago, it was 122 right. to 111 with three mm. minutes and 45 seconds when LeBron uh, <laughs> hit a jumper. It's wild. It was just, uh, there aren't a ton of them. Also, the Knicks dropped 46% from three that game, which is outrageous. Rare, <laughs> uh, Yeah. And speaking of Spike Lee, this is the flip side of it. That was the night of the Oscars, and that was the night Spike Lee won an Oscar, and yeah. they said, hey, the Knicks beat the Lakers tonight. And uh, that was when people cared about award shows, or at least still a little bit. And uh, hold on, now hold here on. That
2: was a different game at the, the Spike Lee Oscar game. It was when they beat was the Spurs. It? Yeah, it was when they beat the Spurs that. Oh, yes, it was. I, I trust your that. memory,
4: but yeah. I could have scorned no, no, the he's Oscar right was night. Okay. It was, right
2: I, I remember Samuel Jackson being like, just want to give a quick score update. The Knicks defeated this Sp- because that game ended a losing streak of the Knicks, whether it be at home or at um, uh, in general, a losing streak. They beat the Spurs and then the, he announces the category that Spike ends up winning best screenplay for <laughs>
1: Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. Was was that Spurs game? Uh, was it February 24th? Was that Oscars February 24th? I, might be. I this is another. I think. I, oh, it was I, February 24th. Yes.
4: Yeah. Yes. It was. So
1: I went. Yeah, it's my wife's birthday, and That's I remember because I was like, okay, we can watch the Oscars on the big TV because it's your birthday, and I will watch the Knicks uh, play the Spurs on. Like I think I had like a tablet or something. I was watching it on.
4: Striking from the record, even still, oh, the nominal still win, yeah, especially for the games. For the seasons where the Knicks didn't make the playoffs at all, okay,
2: I like that pick. All right, Andrew, bring us home. So it was one twenty-two to one thirteen, with two oh nine left when Hazonia hits a three on an assist by DeAndre Jordan, and the Knicks score. The Knicks outscore the Lakers eleven to one over the final. Caruso missed one of two free throws. Eleven to one over those final two eleven. Capped off by two free throws by
1: Emmanuel Murier. <laughs> the Lakers needed that freaking game.
2: Yeah. They did. Okay. Well, to Jeremy's point, it's the game that created the sabbatical that LeBron mm-hmm. then took. Yeah. He lost this game. It was like, I'm getting blocked by Emmanuel Murier. <laughs> Fuck this. I'll come back yeah. when yeah, we
4: have <laughs> What I said. Blocked by Mario Hazonia. Yes. DeAndre Jordan uh, having a near triple double that night
1: also. Mm-hmm. Just oh my God. Yeah. The, the passing of DeAndre Jordan. That was a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Andrew. All right, I'm going to 2012-13 and uh, a lot of regular
2: season games not necessarily stick out, but similar to this past season, there were a lot of regular season moments that I enjoyed in the moment and hope age really well, especially better than 12-13 did. Uh, But late in this season, uh, during a road trip, the Knicks went... So I have two candidates that I was considering and since it's the last pick, I'll just say the two of them. Uh, They had a road trip out West during a... A tough port part of their schedule. They were trying to maintain the two seed against the surging Brooklyn Nets and the surging Indiana Pacers. Um, they lost the first four games of said road trip against the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Blazers, and the Clippers. The last game of this road trip, when they were down many men, uh, Kurt Thomas stepped up and. Oh against the Jazz, and we get what's known as the Kurt Thomas game. <laughs> I love it's this. Not, Thank you it's for also, so it's, so No, no, no. So it's not the game I'm picking. It's the one of the two that I'm choosing between. Mm.
1: This win started a 13-game win The night of which... You're going to pick the 12th win of that streak. Uh, no, no, no,
2: I'm picking the ninth win of that. Streak. Oh, the really? O- the 12th win in OKC was great. Don't get me wrong. I was at a convention for, for school and they were like, all right, go to as many seminars as you can. Guess where I was watching the Knicks on my phone at like at that time, 11, 9 a.m. in Vegas because this was a noon game. Um, the game of be- two games before that, though, they go to Miami. Mm. to play the Miami heat. They were two and one against them during the season. Carmelo Anthony had to make sure I get a Carmelo Anthony game in this scores 50 points, all jump shots, 18 of 26 from the Mm. field in this game. Um, Seven threes go seven of eight from the line. Um, You've seen the, the different mellow accounts out there that post. This as one of the more impressive performances. I can't stress this enough. All jump shots. Every single point he scored this game was from outside the restricted area. So Carmelo Anthony's 50 points to give them nine straight wins. And it was this point where I thought they got a chance to like let me let me see a Knicks Heat series. Let, let me just see uh, it happen. I'm not sure they win yep. the series. Let me just see it. Because yep. Melo clearly can get his points against this team. And you know, if you other things break right, maybe you have some fun. And look, the Heat won one in seven against the Pacers that year. So maybe they could have had their their claim to fame of forced the heat to seven that was eventually going to win the title. So I'll go with this as my last pick and the last pick in our
1: draft. All right. Uh, Before we recap, let's go through some honorable mentions real quick. There's only one big honorable mention, I think in terms of playoff wins and it was a massive win. And it's one of those wins that is, that just gets, unfortunately gets lost to time because of they didn't, well, game six versus Miami in 2000. So, Andrew, you picked game seven versus Miami in 2000 very, very early on in the draft. They had to eke out a two-point win over the Heat two days before that to even get to a game seven, which they did. It's 72-70 was the final score of that game. They won it on two Allen Houston free throws, and then I believe Anthony Carter had a chance to win it at the buzzer, and um, that shot did not go down. Massive win that just kind of like gets forgotten about because it was the end of an era, and they got kind of wiped by the pacers in the next round so that was that. In terms of any other honorable mentioned playoff wins for you guys? Um
2: in the moment them going on that running game two against the pacers in 2013. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. In the moment. Um in the moment because like they won by 30 and it it very much felt like this if I was a Cavs fan looking back at game 2 of their series against the Knicks. And being like, oh, we we just ran over this team in the moment. It was like, oh, we're back. We're we're going forward. And then obviously the rest of that series and the way it played out preached differently. Um, the only thing I'll add to the Knicks win against the Heat in game six in 2000, they were my 15 points at halftime of that game. Yep. And then had to, <laughs> it, it's so game. funny. It's so f- 70 to 70. The scores from this era are insane. Mm-hmm. Um uh, use all 24 seconds of your shot clock get as close to the room as possible spacing was just not a thing um, so yeah I that's the only addendum or, or additional note I would add to it good, um, good win I'll Good give, note.
4: I'll give an honorable mention to game three of the 2013 series against the Celtics mm. that's fair I thought about that. just it felt like wow yeah, it felt like they won, won the first two games <laughs> you're the better team you should be winning this but you went into TD garden you won this game and then the Knicks decided to dress in all black and then it was like, no, please just win this series for the love of God. Yeah.
1: Uh, good honorable mention there. Okay. Regular seasons in which they made the playoffs. Here are mine. I'm sure there are others. Um the in 2010-11 season, um, December 12th, Amari Stoudemire's eighth straight 30-point game was also the Knicks' eighth straight one win, 129-125 over. Soon to me, New York Knick, uh, Carmelo, Anthony brought the Knicks to 16 and nine, and they were briefly tied for fourth in the East. That, for me, was the moment of that season where it was like, whoa, maybe Stoudemire is like, uh, going to win MVP. We'll see what happens. Um, then later in that year, Melo's first game as a Knick was a win over the Bucks, 114-108. Um, I mentioned the win over OKC. That was their 12th straight win a couple years later in the 2012-13 season. Mello had 36 in that game. J.R. Uh, Smith hit an insane shot in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm, I know there were other ones from the 12-13 season as well. Uh, there were other insanity games. But I think we took the, the best two. And then for me, it's basically, I mean, and then the We Hear season and then this season. Like there were a ton of games from the we here season. Like the the Memphis win that's that with the season looked like it was on the brink and they mm-hmm. went and they beat Memphis and that started the nine game winning streak. Um which also contained wins against the Pelicans and the Hawks that I think were the other two best games of that streak. Um and then this year I mean, you know, the double overtime game, the, the Quickly game, pick a Cavs regular season win. Um the, there was another big Miami regular season win um, this season. There were a few other ones. Pick a Denver win. Like a lot of wins from the season were big wins. Anything I missed as far as regular seasons where they, they made the playoffs?
4: Jeremy, you go first. This season, I'm going to go with the Jazz, the first Jazz win. Sure.
1: Yeah. That seemed to
4: really right the ship. I think moment. the Cavs win is definitely up there. Well, I mean, like you said, take your pick. The one after the Mavs uh, atrocity, sure. the one where Brunson just absolutely went off for 48 points in Cleveland, especially when it was like a feeling of, okay, it seems like these teams are going to match up and that's offensive firepower going on here. A lot of Brunson games. Um, yeah, I'll say those probably rise to the top for me in terms of relevance.
2: Um, so we said the quickly one, we, the the first Boston one in Boston, I want to add, um, the game. Huge in the moment. The one in overtime Randall hit. I think that's the game that because it was on TNT that night. It was also the first time I did a playback with the uh, casuals, which was really fun. Um, RJ hit a big shot in overtime. Jalen Brown missed two free throws. I think it's the game because I was getting to this thought because it was on national TV. It clinched Randall making the all-star team
1: too, which helped. That game they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory before snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. Bingo. Um,
2: I yeah. think we saw all the other ones from that season. The 2012-13 season, um, you mentioned uh, you said J.R. Smith had a couple big shots. I want to just emphasize they were two buzzer beaters. Um, he a buzzer beater in Charlotte and a buzzer beater in Phoenix. Um the rest are, I mean, during that winning streak, you mentioned the OKC game. Uh the, the Kurt Thomas game just needs recognition as they were so yeah. manned down that they turned to the 13th guy on the bench. The Knicks used the back end of their bench that year as just like you're a veteran that will probably stabilize the locker room. So Marcus Camby, come on down. Kurt Thomas, come on down. Rasheed Wallace, Wallace. come on down. <laughs> like that was Kenny the Martin, end of the, come on down. That was the end of the bed. Well, Kenny Martin came and then played. You know, yeah, he was actually on, part on. of the rotation. By oh, he was a late. pivotal player for them. The, once they got him, they went on a 13-game winning streak or yeah. he was part of the 13-game winning streak. So those are the only ones in, as far as okay. regular season wins that I go to in like, games that they won.
4: I'd like to add one more with the 2012-2013 season. One game that really stands out to me is yes, obviously, Knicks beat the Heat. It was a great feeling. They've started to put some games together. It was the game where they went into San Antonio and beat the Spurs where I really felt like, mm. oh, this team's what? legit. This team's now six and zero. Oh. They the Spurs are incredible. They're six and one. J.R. Smith did a phenomenal job in that game. But that game really solidified that this team could do something.
2: Do you and have the box score for that game? I do. How many points did Melo score
4: in that game? Carmelo Anthony scored a whopping nine points on five of points. twelve shooting. So Four that's rebounds.
2: So that's yeah. what I want to emphasize about this game is the year before. I was very much like, see what happens when Melo leads the team. And the pushback was always, well, the Knicks can only win. So, he a, if he has a bad shooting night, you're screwed. And this was the first time that, like, obviously this season, because we were six games in, where I saw the potential of this team. Like, oh, so on a night Melo doesn't have yeah. it, he just goes to rebounding. Mm-hmm. And then Jason Kidd runs the offense and a big late fourth quarter comeback on the road in San Antonio, a team that went to the finals that year. Mm-hmm. You know that—that's what the the script. The,
4: the Do you remember who uh, who led the team in points that game?
2: If it wasn't Amari, then I'm gonna say it was Amon. It
4: wasn't Amon Shumpert. It was a Raymond. I have no Fel- idea. I'd be, I'd be guessing. It was a Raymond Felton. It was Raymond Felton. Yeah. There you go. Twenty-five points, seven assists. <laughs> yep. In Tony Parker's grill. Mm-hmm. Love it.
1: All right, and then last but not least. <laughs> I was so hoping that I would be like forced to draft this wasn't to be March 10th, 2007. We're now into regular season wins and seasons, which they did not make the playoffs. Steve Francis um, tied his career high in New York up until that point with 26 points. Knicks 90 wizards, or I think they were actually maybe still the bullets. It doesn't matter. 89. Um, uh, Briefly. Tied the Knicks with a record of 29 to 34. Tied the Knicks for eighth place in the Eastern Conference. And and Steve Francis jumps on the fucking scorers table and acts like Mm -hmm. he won the championship. It was Mm -hmm. the most absurd thing ever. And it was just glorious in its its absurdity. That's one. Um, The first game of the Mike D'Antoni era was a 120-115 defeat of the Miami Heat. Uh, Jamal Crawford scored 29. David Lee had a double-double. Zebo had 29. I remember... Right, Andrew, you're going to say something. I have a bad memory about this. I was in the building for it for the next
2: Oh, League. really? And the reason I have such a bad memory, not to fully bring baseball into this, it's the night the Philadelphia Phillies won the World Series. Oh, um, So I sorry. checked into the... Checked checked into a uh, rehab afterwards. No, I checked into uh, the like the local bar in the garden just to check the score because I didn't yeah. have like whatever whatever ways I used to watch games on my phone. Now I didn't have that then on my little BlackBerry. Um, I was watching the ninth inning with a bunch of baseball fans during the third quarter of that, and Got it. yeah, the the way I remember that game was, uh, oh, the Knicks can score points. Let me go. Officially, watch our rival Phillies win the World Series. So
1: they could score points for a brief minute. Uh, it was like, actually, it was a few weeks. Um, we were like, hey, maybe the Knicks are going to be a spunky AC this year, and then they uh, traded Jarrell Crawford and, and nope. uh, Zach Randolph within like 24 hours, or within like four hours of each other. Um, other other thing notable about that game, uh, famously, Stefan Marbury sat there with the towel over his head, did not get off the bench, and uh, never played another minute for the Knicks again. Uh, and then last two, um, this one uh, is the one I almost picked over the, the comeback win over the Heat from the 21-22 season. November 5th, 2017, um Knicks 108, Pacers 101, Christoph Porzingis drops 40. Knicks were down 12 heading into the fourth. Uh Frank Nilakina on a KP assist. Frank Nilakina three on a KP assist, broke a 99 all tie, followed by Nilakina stealing the ball, giving it to uh Tim Hardaway Jr. for a fast break layup. Uh it put the Knicks a game over five hundred. It was early on in the season, but it was again one of those moments where it was like, hey, this spunky Knicks team, and then um KP ended up tearing his ACL, and the rest is history. And then I have to mention this: Andrew, does the date November or yeah December? Excuse me, December sixteenth, two thousand seventeen, mean anything to you? Two thousand seventeen. December sixteenth, two thousand and seventeen, you might want to look over your right shoulder.
2: Oh, yeah, it does. yeah it does. I know why. I know. See, this is why this is horseshit that you get to take mellow first overall and take and mention honorably his first game back at MSG when the Knicks won without Porzingis. Knicks
1: 111, OKC 96, Carmelo Anthony, the great human being and ambassador of the sport of basketball that he is, went 5 for 18 and watched Michael Beasley drop 30 in his grill. Yeah. That's it. I hope
2: you have a second serving of that shit that's causing your grin at the moment, okay?
4: Jeremy, do you have any other honorable mentions? I do. Yes, I have one more. What if I told you the Knicks won a game in which their starters combined for a low 55 points? Oh. What if I told you that game didn't happen in the too distant future? It just had passed. It wouldn't happen in the too distant future. Uh, It would not have happened. It didn't happen too long ago. Uh, And what if I told you that it was a revenge game? or a certain player who wound up scoring a whopping 28 points against the Chicago Bulls. Yes. I'm talking about the Bobby Portis game oh my on God. October 28th, 2019. This
1: is great.
4: And what a game it was. And I was, so I was at this game. I was also at the Knicks Pacers game that you mentioned, John, uh. and that game was insane because it was like, look, I don't know if they can keep winning, but, this is a lot of fun. Let's keep so much money. And, and they didn't it was so cool because uh, I think the Hornets game was before or after that, right? Uh, oh, they, where they won man. one of those games. It was right
1: around then. The yeah, I forget the Portis game. Didn't that that took them to like two and
4: eight or something? It <laughs> or took them it's... to one and three. It was their oh, first win of then, the season. But then they went on to be like two
1: and eight at some point. Oh, I
4: yeah. yeah, I mean, it, again, this is the same season we're talking about where the I picked the Knicks beating the Rockets. Feeling like a great series, a great win. And it was. But yeah. yes, that's where we're at. So that game was a lot of fun. The Bulls were leading through pretty much the last two minutes of the game. And then uh, Knicks pulled ahead, found a great way to win it. So that's my honorable mention. Great game.
2: So, Andrew? a couple. I also did consider a couple of Porzingis games. You mentioned the Pacer game. There was a Denver game down the stretch uh, sure. that was close. The Laker game. Uh, it's amazing how many Laker games show up that. Uh, was big in 2017-18. Um, the previous season, the Knicks were 16-13 and 13 at the, on Christmas Day when they played the Boston Celtics. There's a couple wins in there that showed a formula that if the Knicks were interested in competing this year, it was because it was uh, going to be a Porzingis team where Mello was the second guy. And it just never, never evolved into that. Also, Derek Rose was probably way too much Involved in the offense or in the team as much as he needed to be compared to when he made his second go around with the Knicks. Um, so there's a, uh, there's a late, so there is a Laker game on a Sunday afternoon in Staples at the time where the Knicks won on the road 118, 112 to get them to the 14 and 10, their high watermark for over 500 that season. Um, I remember it well, thinking that, that some delusions that this team could actually compete. Uh, they then proceeded to not have the season that we all wanted them to. And Carmelo Anthony and Phil Jackson would feud throughout most of that season. Um, We've gone through this entire pod about regular season wins and in games in years where they didn't make the playoffs and didn't mention David Lee. Um, The guy hit a Mm. buzzer beater with 0.1 seconds left on the clock uh, with, with Michael Jordan in the building while he was watching now his old team that he owned the Bobcats, uh, which was great. the, game or two right before it, Stephon Marbury had a buzzer beater with a running layup against the jazz. That was pretty cool.
1: Um, I think that I, I had a Marbury game written down on it. Oh, there's one right, other, yeah. there's
2: one other one from from 1617. It's mellows last game winner with the Knicks against the, the Sixers. And it led to me arguing all night with people on Twitter that like, stop, stop saying that you needed to tank. Like if, just nail the pick as you get it um, or wherever it lies. And they were annoyed that the Knicks won. And there
4: was also some, I'm already mad at mellow. Let me be mad at mellow type of stuff. So I got another, I got another honorable mention that you inspired. That is from a season in which the Knicks went to the playoffs. And uh, this was a 109 to 105 victory. Knicks moved to 34 and 20. They were 21 and 8 at home at this point. Um, and, you know they had 35 points from Carmelo, and our, uh, JR was huge in that game. Uh, hit the tiebreaking shot with a minute and 10 left. But it was someone else who was taking the game by storm. Uh, he's won a few finals. He's gotten MVP. We're talking about Stephen Curry at the Garden scoring 54 points and the Knicks overcoming that which says more about Steph than anything but still a great win nonetheless. Probably the moment you were maybe thinking this Steph could actually... He's legit but Mm -hmm. at the time because of how good he was he was in that game. It was just a very exhilarating win. Another highlight in um, one of 54 in that 2012-2013 season.
1: I, I was thinking about that one earlier today when I was doing the research, and I forgot to write it down, but that's I like the David Lee tip-in at the end of the game. just absolutely deserves to be mentioned. Um, I usually laugh at... Not
2: laugh at, actually. I, I more empathize with those that are like fire tibs. It's like Mark Jackson because he's holding back whatever the Warriors became. I just don't think those are one-to-one comps. You know? Um, especially when I watch highlights of that Um, Warriors team, especially that game, Jeremy, where you see him in isolation and it's just pick and roll the whole night. And it's it's like, this is not Steve Kerr's team. This is not the team. This is clearly a team being held back by their system. And I think the fact that one guy is not coached since then is, or since he had that job is more of a um, indictment of that. Whereas with the Knicks, the Knicks have only gotten better since Sips has gotten here. So I think there'd be more of an argument in that direction. Having said that, I, I found that game, I, I had it like way down on the list of honorable mentions. Um, so I, I appreciate you mentioning that, Jeremy.
1: Of course. Uh, great call. Um, this was fun, guys. We <laughs> went a lot longer than we intended to. Yes. But, did. uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, Jeremy, anything from you before we get out of here? Vote for me. Andrew. <laughs> vote for me. <laughs> no. Andrew.
2: Vote for me. Yeah. Oh, that was I, yours. Okay. Yeah, vote for me. I'm I, I do not
1: need to tell I don't need to tell anyone to, to vote for me because I have um I have sixty two point game, which is the most I, important game uh the Knicks have played. I may end uh, a voting since, for John at this point. Since they since they won the championship in nineteen
2: seventy three. Well, uh, uh, the, the mellow Easter Sunday game, which is why I'll probably vote for Jeremy, is more Mm. important because it actually showed that this little insanity nonsense that we were pretending was a real thing uh, was cute. Don't get me wrong. But then actually having your all-star and Hall of Famer run your offense and be the focal point might actually not be the worst thing during a stretch in which they went 18 and six without Jeremy Lin to end the season, by the way, and then won 44 games the next year. All those games that you loved watching with Dolores.
1: John, I did enjoy that, watching them so much.
2: Had nothing to do with those three weeks that you thought were a real thing and wanted the Knicks to trade Carmelo Anthony. I don't know Jeremy Lin. Yeah, you're talking. That's about, the guy you're voting for. Just you're, want you're, that on the record.
1: You're, you're preaching the choir. I'm a Carmelo <laughs> I'm the Carmelo Anthony. Stand true and true. Uh, okay, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, vote for me, please. Uh, and we will be back with more fun and games before you know it. Um, Hope your summers are going well, and we will talk to you soon. Take care.